You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio. Your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. You are very welcome. My name is Ahanu and with me is my lovely Angel Rose. We've got a very interesting program for you today, very different to what we have been doing in the past. And we're also going to be making some announcements about what's going to be happening in the future. So we've got a lot of happening. Really what we're talking about here is a little bit of the past, a little bit of the present, and a little bit of the future. So to start off, we found ourselves traveling to California from Oregon at the end of September. In fact, I think it might have been the 30th of September or the 1st of October. Mm-hmm. But we're going visiting family and that was a very interesting journey, actually, Angel Rose. Do you remember on the way down, we stopped at Mount Shasta? Well, here we are with Mount Shasta in the background, Angel Rose. Here we are, it's majestic. Absolutely majestic. Absolutely beautiful, surrounded mm-hmm. by beautiful pine trees and mountains and this wilderness awesome. and i'm just looking wilderness. at you you look kind of wild <laughs> i do i fit the part don't i today she's she's fitting into the wilderness that's what you get for going to bed with your hair wet okay. oh it's not because you're out in the wild and you're letting your hair down <laughs> i'm in the wild all right we're on our way to california and lots of crows this trip by the way yeah there are we're watching the symbolism and we're watching what's coming up for us and there's some amazing things that we will be bringing to you over the next few weeks of subject matter that is deep and transformational. So watch this space, Angel Rose. We always stop at Mount Shasta, honey. You can't not... Well, let's back up a little because as we were probably, what, an hour, an hour outside of Mount Shasta, you start to see the mountain off of Route 5. It just happened to be one of those beautiful, clear days in Mount Shasta had one of those flying saucer-shaped clouds hovering over the top of it, which, of course, doesn't move the whole time. Yeah. Do you have it, a picture of it? I now? do, yeah. It, oh, actually, yeah do. it actually moved slightly. You could see it kind of wavering over and back as the various air currents moved up and down. Yeah. But more or less, it was staying stationary on mm-hmm. top. Right. And I had never seen anything like that before. I found that really interesting. It was quite an amazing spectacle, actually. And in this picture, too, you can see Shastina, which is a small volcano, the sister volcano right next to it. Yes. Apparently that erupted at a much later time. Anyway, the point is, it is a magnificent being, isn't it, Ahano? And quite awe-inspiring when you're looking at it from a distance. It's much bigger than any picture can show you, or... I, I don't know, but the energy, the whole energy around the place is just really awesome. It is. And we're going to be talking a little bit about energy today because as we move through the different towns and cities and and the two states, in fact, we're able to sense the difference in those different places. And we want to talk about a couple of those on our return journey. But first, we're going to move on a little bit and uh, move on from Mount Shasta. And then when we arrived in California, we actually found ourselves, oh no, in Northern California, we went to a little place called Weed. <laughs> yes, there's a little town right before you get to Shasta called Weed. Yeah. And of course, it's, it's worth it just getting a t-shirt or a cap <laughs> from there because it says Weed on it. That's but right. of course, we didn't buy that because we're not into Weed personally. But um, certainly anybody who would be would find that town of 
comical to say the least. Absolutely, yeah. It was fun, actually, an interesting kind yeah. of place. Now, it was founded by a gentleman by the name of Mr. Weed. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with the marijuana plant. But it's yeah. interesting how Northern California has become kind of associated with, with weed in yeah. all kinds of different ways. Now, one of the wonderful things, of course, was that when we did get to San Diego, you did meet up with Clayton Tanner. Clayton Tanner, uh, my son, my oldest, um, lives in Santa Fe and comes to San Diego periodically just to visit his girlfriend who lives in San Diego. But it just so happens we were there, so he came twice to visit us, which was fantastic to see That's him. That's right. And you may remember, maybe six or eight weeks ago, we did actually interview Clayton Tanner because he has a very interesting outlook on the whole political situation as it's unfolding right now. He does favour Gary Johnson for president, but his viewpoint is very balanced and very coherent, isn't it, about things? Mm -hmm. And the only thing I'll say about the elections, because we're really not going to get into politics today, but this is what I, you know, I, I personally like Jill Stein personally, just because she's, she's more enlightened than the two that everybody's giving attention to. And um, it's too bad that they don't have enough money, Gary Johnson and That's Jill right. Stein, to yeah. earn themselves a position on the debates. And so people forget about them and people happen to think that the only two parties we have are Democrat and Republican. When the truth is, is there's the Green Party and the Libertarian Party. Mm -hmm. And Jill Stein is on the Green Party and she's sane. And, and this is what I want to say symbolically. You know, symbolically, at these elections, we're still looking at Two candidates who have a degree of insanity. Both of them do, really, in different yeah. ways. So either choice is really not a good one. But it represents the consciousness of our people, where people are just looking at what's the lesser of the two evils, because mm -hmm. people don't like either one. Well, it is interesting, Angel Rose, that those debates, both, both the first, second, and indeed, oh no, the third debate happened on our return journey. But the first two debates happened while we were in California. And it's interesting that there's a different energy and a different, uh, like the people, the people in California have a different viewpoint about what's going on than they do in Oregon. I mean, red and blue states and all of that. But it brought up the whole question about, well, is it really, are we really in a dem democracy if you find that we are, down to only two candidates when there are actually others that you can choose from. There are. And you can write in your own person for you can, yeah. on the ballot as well. Yeah, you can, yeah. Actually, there is a place where you can write in the name of a candidate. Yeah. But my point was that, you know, we're apolitical, but yet when we were there in that environment and debates were all the rage and all the talk, we found ourselves somewhat getting in, in, immersed in that type of discussion and it's necessary to on the level of 3D to to know where you're at in terms of mm. what the political outcome is because we believe that the the leaders of a country are really representative of the consciousness the mass consciousness of that country and therefore yes. if we're looking at these particular two candidates that they're being kind of squeezed into choosing one or the other which is totally unfair in my opinion but anyway uh, if they're representing the consciousness of this country... It's scary. It is scary, actually. It is. But however, we move on it from is, that. It is scary. It is scary because, like I say, symbolically, you do have people like Jill Stein who are more balanced. They're more enlightened. Um, and it, 
because people are not even looking there and they're looking at two candidates who who neither one can be totally relied on or trusted it tells you that people still um, are not coherent in their consciousness they're not they don't reason correctly they're we're still mudslinging we're still trying to find out which one of those two candidates is the guiltiest and so we can vote for the less guilty but the truth is, is you can't trust either one of them with the future of our country, with decisions that uh, go toward harmony and cooperation. Mm. You can't trust either one of those. And to think that you only have those two choices is really not true. So, you know, and people who are staunch Democrats or staunch Republicans that feel that they have to vote according to their party to stay loyal, you know, to me, I, I put them in the category of insanity. That's insanity yes. to think that just because, you know, just because you belong to a particular party that you can't vote outside that party, you know, to me is old, old thinking. And that's part of the paradigm that has to change. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I think has to change, too, is where because of one particular policy, like, for example, Trump and guns, you then have gun owners who vote for him irrespective and regardless of everything else he's saying. You know, you might, they might totally disagree with all that other stuff, but just because of the gun thing, they're mm -hmm. going to vote for him or equally with Hillary on the other side. But anyway, let's move away from that because yeah. it's not something that we intended we to... We didn't intend to talk about <laughs> that today, but we had to stick our two cents in. <laughs> now, Angel Rose, I, you know, p politics in general, I, I feel that, you know, and I know some people are feel that you've been ridden to death by these kinds of people. But speaking about riding to death... I nearly met my demise, didn't I, Angel Rose, riding a horse in California. What now, started out to be a benevolent gesture, uh, my daughter has two horses, and her husband works quite a lot. One of the horses belongs to her husband. So in order to help my daughter out with the exercise of the horse, Ahanu, uh, who, hasn't, who hasn't been on a horse in some years, and I'm sure it was bringing back all his horseback riding days that he missed, he jumped at the chance, right, to help her ride Paris. I did. Her Mustang. Okay, and, and he did pretty well for quite oh, a few days. Oh, it was fantastic. Days. I mean, we were riding for the best part of a week and yeah. uh, around the neighborhood, which is interesting, too, because a lot of places now in the United States, you need special permits and you can't ride on the roads and all this kind of thing. But in that particular community, you could. You could ride around the neighborhood. And that was really interesting. I found that fabulous. But, of course, all the... People have dogs, and the dogs were running up and down the fences at the horses. Every house by. seems to have dogs. Yes. And horses. And this one particular <laughs> situation was where a small dog was running up and down the fence, rustling in the leaves under the trees, and it scared my Paris the Mustang. And because of that, uh, I got, well, the, the horse bucked and kicked and went absolutely haywire. I stayed on and was in control, but then didn't the saddle slip. And in the slipping of the saddle and going under her belly, I came off and freaked out Paris the Mustang. And because of that, I'm afraid I came down very heavy on the hard ground. And I was incapacitated for a couple of weeks. You were. Still struggling. Really incapacitated. Yeah. Yeah. Horribly bruised. We, we were worried that his hip was broken. Thankfully, it wasn't. Yeah, I had to go and get a few. Okay, but there he was, ladies and gentlemen. Not his normal macho self. Okay, yeah, I, I struggled say. and limped around for a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was but, you hard. know, as in all of these things, we, we tried to look at the metaphysical meaning of all these things. And for me, here was I damaged on the right side, on the right hip, 
which is about moving forward and all of that. And that's actually why, you know, since we're discussing this today, because we were talking about the past, the present, and the present in that situation was, hey, you're not going forward, you know, you're not putting your right foot forward and all of that. And because of that, we have some interesting news, which we'll break to you in a little while about the future. Really, we do, huh? <laughs> we do, we do, we do. Our future, not the world's future. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So moving on, uh, some of the fantastic work that I did while I was there helping out Janae and Nate was in the construction side of things. And construction to me has been has always been second nature. I've loved it. I've built, uh, restored houses and put in windows and doors and roofs and walls and all kinds of great stuff. And I've always loved it. And this was one particular project that I enjoyed where there was a very, very broken down footpath and uh, needed to be repaired and replaced. You can see where people were complaining that they were almost broke their ankles going down the, the footpath and so on. But I made a, what I believe to be a pretty good job of repairing that. And of course, we got to meet the little pussy cat called Lawrence. Lawrence, Lawrence came to visit wild cat. The feral cat. Yeah, but uh, became very, very friendly and, and uh, gave us a lot of love and affection didn't he during the period of time we were there all right uh -huh. i think that's enough about our personal experience well now we want you? to talk a little bit now about the return visit because on the return visit we stopped at the universal studios and universal studios as everybody knows is the home of harry potter and what's it called? The Wizarding World of Harry the Wizarding Potter. Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Now, in Disneyland, well, in Universal Studios in San Diego now, or Los Angeles. Yeah, and if you want to talk about going back in time in, and, and going into the imagination, I have to say I was very impressed with the uh, the authenticity of the place. In other words, they, they, they built this castle so well now, we know, of course, it's artificial in the sense that it's not an original castle, but they built it in such a way that it feels real, it looks real, this, this sense of mystery and foreboding about the place and the darkness of the place. And they captured, didn't they really? They captured all the essence of that to make it as real as possible. So we had fun going around there. Yeah, but Angel Rose, uh -huh. and being, being the Hogwarts School of Magic, Angel Rose wanted to go in... I wanted a castle where I could go in that would be set up as the school with the tables and the floating candles above the head and, you know, the hat up up in the front of the room that decided what, you know, what group you belong to. I wanted that experience and it wasn't like that. Um, yeah, but at the same time, though, I think the, the way they structured it, in other words, when you went, as soon as you entered under the arch, to enter the wizarding world, the wizarding what do you call it? the wizarding world of Harry Potter? Harry Potter. The train to Hogwarts is right there, so we But you can't get you. on it. <laughs> it should have it should have been aimed into the village, okay? Or or it should have been an actual little train ride where you put your ticket in and you sit down and it takes you right to the entrance of the of the school. I, that's what I wanted. Instead, it's just a stationary. Um, front of a train modeled after the Hogwarts train that you can get in, you can go inside, not the train, but inside the station building and sit down in a booth. It just wasn't. It. Yeah, I know. I know you liked it because you thought it was made very well, but with the things that they could have done with it to make it a whole lot more magical, 
I thought it came, fell up short. Being a magician. In some ways, yeah. But what I did like, I have to say, is the whole aspect of the imagination. Potter, Potter, Potter. That excrescence wouldn't even make a substitute on the Slytherin team. You mad, Salazar. Just watch. I'll wager young Mr. Potter and Gryffindor be. And I love that, and I know you love that. I do. Too, because mm-hmm. our, our, our creativity, our ability to manifest, our whole world is about the imagination, isn't it? And what they did was they took something from somebody else's imagination mm-hmm. and they manufactured it into the physical. You know what I'm saying? They did. Mm-hmm. they did. And the way they did that, I think, is absolutely marvellous. And it's an, it's an example of how we can create... <coughs> Excuse me of how we can create everything really from our imagination. And that's what I like. I know. The creativity, it's absolutely beautiful and quality when you're there. But, huh, I have another complaint. I know we're playing, I'm playing the devil's advocate. Yes. The wand shop. If anybody remembers in the movies, the wand shop, when you walked in it, in the movie, was wall-to-wall wands from floor to very high ceiling. Okay, so the wand shop was not full, you know, the ceiling was not really, really high, okay? It was just a normal room. It had one little staircase that you couldn't go up that basically had kind of a mock face on it, a little tiny section to show you, and upstairs. And I wanted it to be two stories high, just like in the movies, okay? And the other thing is that the wands are made out of resin. Lots of wands, beautifully, beautiful um, designs, designs yes, on them. Yes, yes, yes. And, of course, all the children were loving them, and every, every child was picking out a, a, a wand, and a lot of children bought, you know, school capes and all of that, which is fun. And they weren't cheap. No, no they know, weren't cheap. I mean, they weren't cheap. But, you know, some of those wands, if they had been made out of particular woods with the designs, they would have been exquisite. And, and they no, would that, have been real tangible energy, because I have mm-hmm. a lot of wood wands myself. Yes. And each tree... Uh, feels entirely different and their uses can be entirely different and that is a reminder to you to have a look back at one of the sessions we did one time an akashic record session on what the trees have to say and what we found from that was that the different parts of every different tree has different qualities and some trees make perfect ones for manifesting or controlling energy or for whatever extending but energy that's extend, really what they yeah, are extensions yes yes, yes. i know and we so, told a story one time about the what's the wood from jerusalem the olive, wood, olive tree yes beautiful stories about all mm-hmm. of that anyway so, so that's by assessment yeah moving on then we found ourselves okay go back to that yeah you see how they had a little scroll there in the wand shop that went through uh, it was under glass, and it went through all these different trees mm-hmm. and their meaning. But you couldn't buy the scroll. I mean, to me, I would have loved to have had that scroll right. yeah. myself to be able to have. Jeez, it would have looked great on a on a wall or under under frame or something, you know, just yeah. uh, because there's power in talking about the real trees. Yes. But the stuff that was real, you couldn't purchase, and yeah. the stuff that's fake, you could, and I didn't like that. Yes. But speaking about the magic side of things, Angel Rose, and I know you love magic and I love magic, and we're not talking about the theatrical magic now. We're talking about the kind of Harry Potter magic in a sense. But 
when they talked about those trees, and like, for example, when they spoke about hazel, it says hazelwood is associated with wisdom, protection and magical skills. Uh, hazel people are often wise beyond their years. They make inspiring teachers, combining creative talent and practical knowledge. Hazel people should be sure they take the time to share their gifts with others. Now, it must be about me. <laughs> they're Too bad my name wasn't Hazel. <laughs> Your name is Angel. Are you not happy with Angel? <laughs> You're angelic. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Okay, so what happened next, Angel Rose? What happened next is we start, We left there. Plus, it was, it was very hot, so we didn't stay too long. It was over 90 degrees there that day. Um, but we, we continued our journey home from L.A. back to Redmond, Oregon. Um, went by Shasta again, and of course we always had to stop and spend time there. Um, the cloud wasn't there. The this cloud time, wasn't though. there, but it was snow. There was snow on it this yes. time, so it had it had snowed in those two weeks because when we first went there, mm -hmm. there was no snow. Well, on a return trip, there was. Um, so we always enjoyed that. We just stayed and we had lunch and we mm -hmm. took a picture and went on our way. Now, what's Okay, I want to back up a little bit uh, with what we did. Another thing we did on our trip was we have these uh, wonderful friends that live on top of a mountain in um, a place called Lakeside, California. And they live off of a road called Wildcat Canyon Road, just to give you an idea. And they call their home Cloud Walk Retreat. So you can get these visuals that they're up in the clouds, right? They wake up in the morning to clouds over the city and then when the sun burns it off you can see down below but um, we decided to make a sacred earth water from the energy of their mountain and so we it was supposed to bed about 11 o'clock at night we went out and we we called forth the spirit of the mountain however much wanted to come into the jar and then we brought it inside and we each took some and had uh, our own visionary experiences of the place. And as it turns out, um, their location was multidimensional in terms of the historical past. So in other words, there was definitely, it was a piece of Lemuria back in the day. It was also um, had history of Amer Native American tribes coming through there, probably Mayan as well. You know, mm -hmm. it had been underwater before um, there were animal totems that appeared in the vision. There was an old Indian scout. There was uh, a, a, dra a Hanosaw dragon fire energy. And indeed, this particular mountain had caught on fire at one point. So, you know, and I wanted to mention that only because in our, we've talked before about our sacred earth waters. I don't know, I don't know if we ever did a talk actually just on them, but in creating mother tinctures of places around the earth and then ingesting them. You can definitely, uh, first of all, you're taken into an altered state almost immediately. You're in the historical energetic imprint of the place. You get to know it in a way that you wouldn't consciously be sensitive to just on the 3D level. And it changes you. It transforms you because you're brought into deeper levels of communication. So I wanted to preface that by saying jumping back now to our trip from Shasta back home, that what I started to notice was that I was getting increasingly sensitive on very subtle levels to the shifts in frequencies mm -hmm. as you traveled through different places. 
And, you know, I've done that before, but it was even more pronounced this time, even more sensitive. And what was interesting about the water is that it brings you into the energy of the place. Now, I'm going to give you a perfect example of that, because while we were in Ramona in California... Where my daughter lives. Yes, where, 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 uh, where Janae lives. We took... A, we asked the energy of that place, Ramona, which is at quite an elevation, actually, but a very interesting place in and of itself, historically. But we asked the energy to come into the water, and then we sampled, we ingested the water. This is a different time. A, a different time, but I'm just using it by way of an example because mm -hmm. we're going to come forward then. And what I found from that was even the very name of the place, like the Mona part of it was about the earth, the soil itself, and Ra, of course, was the the sun god, or the, the yeah, the, the sun god. And what I discovered, what the water told me, was that that place was actually an entry, a portal, providing light into inner earth. Mm. Now, why was that important? Because as we came back then and we were going through Mount Shasta, that's what they say about Mount Shasta. And I can understand that Mount Shasta because people have witnessed it and seen ships flying in and out and all this kind of thing. And people say it is a portal to inner earth and all of that. Mm. But there are other places that shine light into inner earth. And Ramona, where we were, was one of them. We wouldn't have known had we not sampled the water That's right. from that place. But now, coming forward then, as we were moving into uh, across the border into Oregon, Clear shift in energy. Clear shift. It's it's funny how you do feel that from state to state. Yes. Just yes. It, just crossing a line, a borderline. Yes. The energy totally changes. Yeah. So it was our intention then to drive to uh, Crater Lake. There's a, mm -hmm. a, a 33 mile rim that you can actually drive around. Apparently it's an extinct volcano. And supposedly in the past, I don't know the full story about this, but it was this ancient battle between forces of good and evil. And the evil was uh, this volcano that... Mount Shasta? No, no. But Mount where, where, Shasta was the good being. Yeah, Mount Shasta was the good being. And this one where Crater Lake is now was the evil one. But it blew, apparently, and collapsed in on itself. And then it, was, it ended up filling with... Uh, fresh water. So there's this amazing lake that's 33 miles around that you can drive around it and all of that. So it was our intention to visit there and, and make to a ma water. make a, a water from it. So I'm going to you pick up from there because it was that night before we took were to take that journey. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Thing well, we stopped in Klamath Falls, which is about an hour from Crater Lake. Uh, and we, we booked a room. We spent the night. And as soon as I got into the hotel, uh, I started getting this foreboding feeling okay really it couldn't shake it and I kept hearing that I was not to go to Crater Lake um, and this went on all night actually I'd wake up I felt like I was being shown um, various things about Crater Lake one uh, a lot of ET ships going in and out much like people report in Shasta uh, into the water outside um, people disappearing from the area um, negative dark energies being there. Um, then an, a Native American um, elder, a male elder appeared and basically showed me Indian tribes going through that area and that I was, uh, you know, was not safe for me to go. But I get Rose, let's take a very quick little studio break. We're going to hold you in suspense now because this story is rather interesting. Mm. And we're going to ask Angel Rose to pick it up again as soon as we come back right after this.
Hi, I'm Angel Rosa Grady, and I'm here to talk to you tonight about the work that I've done for the past 20 years being a reader of the Akashic Records, predominantly. I've evolved to this work through many years of meditation and uh, being taken to other worlds and found that we all have a library in spirit that contains our soul's journey through all of our lifetimes on this planet and others. Through my work, I enjoy helping other people find their soul purpose, look at their spirit, help them through their challenges, understand their relationships, and guide them to fulfill their highest soul purpose. I've written two books on this subject. One's called The Time of Change, and those were predominantly group sessions that we did when people had bigger spiritual questions for the problems in their lives, such as, uh, what about the financial collapse? What about uh, 2012? What about healing? What happens when people commit suicide? Things like this that became the basis for uh, group sessions that began in 2009 and continue to this day. The first book, A Time of Change, deals with questions that happened before 2012 and some leading into what would happen after. And the second book, The Nature of Reality, deals with questions people asked about consciousness, what is God, what's the origin of creation, what, is it, what about time and dimensions, what about dreams, why do we dream, and love and miracles and topics such as that. I'm also a personal Akashic Record consultant, and I'm also a business consultant through the Akashic Records. I feel these ways of going into the records and helping people in their personal lives and in their business adds an extra, extra sacred dimension to their life here. If you're interested in seeing more about my work, you can go to angalrose.com or worldofempowerment.com. Thank you. All right, we're back now that he left you in suspense through I all did. those commercials. Okay, <laughs> okay anyway, um, so I kept checking in with my spirit and with myself. And every time I did, you know, it said, no, don't go, don't go. But what was interesting about that is if you pull up videos on YouTube about Crater Lake, they're just wonderful uh, tourist ads, right? There's pictures of... People in the summertime uh, jumping off cliffs into the water, swimming. Beautiful, clear the water. Clear, the lake yes. is crystal clear, all you know, as far as you can see, down 200 feet and below. People riding in tour boats on the lake, which I was very attracted to. By it looked the way. like a lot of fun. It looked like fun. Yeah. Yes. No problem. So yeah. I kept saying, "Well, what's my problem?" Okay, but but any every time I checked, I got the same answer: No, do not go. Do not get the water from there. Just leave it. So. Um, and, and even being in Klamath Falls, I was disturbed. Mm. Neither one of us had a good night's sleep. Uh, I was getting electrical shocks all night up my legs. So it was not a good experience. Mm -hmm. But we do, just so that you would know, we do listen to our bodies in that way, and we do listen to what the area is telling us, and we, we're sensitive to these energies, and we're also discerning. So that, that's necessary in order to analyze what's really going on here. And it was some kind of a little warning, wasn't mm -hmm. it, Engel? It was. To stay clear of... It was a warning. Well, as it happened, uh, when we did wake up, it was dense fog, heavy fog. Mm. 
And in fact, we stayed in our hotel room till uh, we had to leave, hoping it would clear. And it, and it still hadn't entirely cleared. I mean, we got on the road, um, and we were in thick fog for a while. And probably Crater Lake would have been in that thick fog. But but anyway, we continued on to come home. But the point of the conversation was that we were becoming very very sensitive to the shifts and changes of the energy and the frequency of places. And you know, there used to be these old things that, you know, when people weren't happy in a place and they'd want to move, somebody would say to them, oh, you're just running away from your problems. But, you know, I'm a firm believer that there are some places that are just not healthy places. They're not, the, either just the grids aren't well, or there's something about the, the energy of the consciousness of the place that doesn't match your own, doesn't bring out the best in you. So I'm all for shifting and changing. And the thing is about traveling, it's always interesting that whenever we travel, we come back different. You know, I think the whole process of movement and travel automatically shifts and changes you. So we got back here to where we're currently living in Redmond. And just before we, we did, Angie Rose mentioned about being uh, sensitive and watching out for these little clues and things that pop up along the way. And many times, and we found this also in our travels throughout Ireland, we would find little synchronicities like what might show up on the dashboard of your car, like where you'd spot that suddenly it was 11.33, you know, these power numbers are 11.55 or 12.12, for example. And, you know, we, we, we're very clued into the power numbers and their significance. And we find these kind of things as little guidances. And many people indeed report about seeing 11-11s all over the place. And we actually did a program about this one uh, one time a few years ago, where what defining or deciding what the meaning for us was around the 11-11. And of course, many people are aware that it is to do with the twin flame energy. But what we're finding now, though, interesting, is that it's moving on to the 12-12s. And indeed, we're starting to see more 13-13s as right. time goes on. And these are all doorways, portal doorways yes. into different dimensional spaces. Mm. Okay, but yeah, there was a lot of that happening along the way, of course. Yeah, yeah. So that does bring us now to talk and to look into a little bit more about the present. Uh, sorry, we're talking about the present and now into a little bit about the future. Right, because like I say, traveling is very transformative and gets the wheels moving and shifts your energy. And as you move through different places on the road, you find that some places you're really tired, other places you're highly energized and very coherent. So, of course, that meant that Ahana and I got lots of insights about what we're going to do in the future sure. for everybody. One of the first things we are going to do is we're going to um, resume our Akashic Record groups online, mm -hmm. hopefully twice a month, and we'll make an announcement when we're going to begin that. But um, it may be in January next year, mm -hmm. or if we happen to get to it before then, we'll let you know. But we've had a lot of write-ins from people wanting to know why did we stop, when are we going to start again. So those will be resuming, those Akashic Record groups, where you can yeah. type in and ask your bigger questions of source. They will take a slightly different format, though, because in the past we we divided them into kind of general questions, or what we called open forum, and then we had topic-specific questions. And we're going to use one format going forward. And the reason for that is because it simplifies things for us, but also it allows uh, a, a greater flexibility in what we're going to be doing. We will do them 
probably bi-monthly and uh, we will do it also in a different way. All of that we will make an announcement about. So if you're listening to this and you're not on our mailing list, do get on our mailing list and you can sign up there on worldofempowerment.com because it, this is really going to be interesting as time goes on. So that will be starting January, a fresh whole new year, whole new program and watch out for that. The other thing that happened along the way and is now in our immediate future is something that's coming out of the past. This is really interesting. In 2012, at the time of the Mayan, end of the Mayan calendar, remember Angel Rose? There was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of growth of awareness, a lot of consciousness expansion, a lot of people talking about ascension, a lot of people talking about empowerment, and a lot of people talking about freedom. And at that point in time, we put together the bones of a program that we called the Eight Steps to Freedom. And it, it just got shelved for whatever life went on and we really didn't develop it. But as part of the passing of the time on a long 14 or 15 hour road trip, we replayed a number of those sessions from the Eight Steps to Freedom. And you know something? It absolutely blew our minds because of the quality of the material, the amazing knowledge that was in that. So we have decided we're going to bring that forward into January and we're going to relaunch that program called the Eight Steps to Freedom. Do you want to say a couple of words about that, Angel Rose? It will be much different, though, because, of course, we're much more enlightened now than we were <laughs> in 2012. So it needs some, some yes, upgrading absolutely. and revision. However, it is a comprehensive course and becoming free. What, what does it mean to become free in your being, in your life, in your world? What are all the factors that go into freedom? True freedom, true authenticity is another word we could say, to be your authentic self, to live an, as an authentic being in this very confusing world. Okay, so um, it's very comprehensive. It is, a, it is a course of study. So there will be uh, things that you have to do, you know, in order to get to this place. It's not just lectures. This yeah, is, and it's not a magic bullet it's, in it's that sense. It's a practical course. Yes. So we will be bringing that to you um, as soon as we get it revised and fleshed out and look at other aspects of it. So you can be looking forward to that, though. It will be a, a very powerful um, consciousness-expanding course. It'll bring you closer to who you truly are in your own being. And how to problem solve in the 3D world. I mean, it, it touches all levels of our lives, not just spiritual. It goes. It's very practical in its application. And how do you bring freedom and freedom of your authentic self into a 3D world that still functions under dualistic principles? That's right. So, yes. stay tuned for that, okay? Yeah, and we will post notices about that. And as I say, if you're on our mailing list, you will get information yes. about that. Mm -hmm. Now, the final thing, the last thing, the most important. Well, no, maybe we're talking about two different things. Well, let me mention about our podcast. You're listening to one that now. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. So Angel Rose has another announcement, but we'll hold that for a moment. The podcast, yes. We have been running the Honest to God series podcast since 2012. We've done almost 200 sessions, and that is time for an upgrade now too. So come January, we're going to be doing a different format. This is one of the last of this particular type of format. We will have a different intro, outro, different breaks. We are actually getting support from a number of people so that we'll be advertising various pro, uh, courses and workshops for other people and so on, sponsoring the program, all of that kind of thing. But more importantly, we're 
the format is changing because we're changing, you're changing, and this will be enormously beneficial. So we're looking forward to that. Again, watch out. January, a whole new change in our podcast format going forward. Now I hope we can finally get to the most important part of this podcast today. Uh, and that is my birthday. Okay. My birthday's coming you up. See, I knew it, it was going I to be more I don't important know how, than anything else. Well, we saved the best for last. That's right. Um, my birthday is coming up on November 11th. 11-11. There you there go, you folks. Go. And I'm running a special. Special for readings. Uh, actually, not just for readings. For a lot of our products and services. That's right. We're offering an 11% discount. Off 11 products. Off 11 products. And to find out what those are, you can go to worldofempowerment.com. Is there any particular place on the website where they find there it? Is or is it on the homepage? Yeah, there is a blog post on the homepage, but okay. you do, because that has been superseded down, pushed down by various other blog posts, look out for the one about Angel Rose's birthday. All right, so yeah. you might want to, if you don't see it immediately, just scroll down. Yes. It should be down there. Yes. But I'm offering this through, is it just through my birthday, Anna? Just through your birthday. Until November 11th. So do take advantage of that. We've had a number of people do that already. But it is my gift to you for my birthday to give you a discount on any reading or services or anything that you may have been interested in in the past and just didn't have the time or the funds. So it's our gift to you. So we leave it at that. We thank you for being with us. It's been fun and we're delighted to be able to do a little recap of the past, present and future for you. And we look forward to all of this as it starts to unfold. Make sure you get those discounts. You'll get them on worldofempowerment.com. And also that does include the Akashic Record Home Study Course, and the, the Writing Your Way to a Happy and Fulfilling Life Home Study Course. Okay? We look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank, Thank you for you. being with us. Blessings. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.